This is episode 106, COVID Calls for Side Hustles, featuring Speaking of Semantics. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here's our podcast. For the realistic SLP. Who is actively anti-racism. And a way that you can be actively anti-racism is to read up on how to be an anti-racist. There's a book by Ibram X. Kendi. And in that book, it's described that anti-racism is the active dismantling of systems, privileges, and everyday practices that reinforce and normalize the contemporary dimensions of white dominance. This, of course, also involves a critical understanding of the history of whiteness in America. So similarly to the ASHA statement that Maria read last week, it's important to understand and confront the issue and not face these issues by getting defensive and denying their existence. It's just important to educate yourself and then be active in your pursuit to dismantle. Great tip. Thank you for sharing that, Deb. Absolutely. So I'm drinking... Just going right into what I'm drinking. Okay. <laughs> I'm drinking this nice California fresh and smooth black cherry flavored wine. It's a Merlot and it's mm. very smooth and I'm enjoying it. I don't have cheese today. I feel like I've had enough cheese the past few days. So I'm just taking a day off from dairy and I'm enjoying my smoothness of this wine. Very nice. While she's sipping, I'll tell you that I'm having my favorite, my number one most desired wine. It's bread and butter Chardonnay. And here's the description just so that you can hear all about it. And once you hear this, you're probably going to be like, where can I get that wine? And the answer is breadandbutter.com. Breadandbutterwineprobably.com. It's around there. Just Google it. But it has rich notes of vanilla bean reminiscent of the decadent creme brulee. This creamy, these creamy notes are balanced by a soft minerality and hint of tropical fruit. And it is tasty. And I vote drink it. Cheers. I'm, cheers. I have two cups here so I can. Woo, cheers. Cheers. Um, and I am pairing that with a St. Albums cheddar cheese. It's from Vermont. It's got a bold flavor. And... Uh, it's delicious. So Chardonnay and cheddar, they go well together. Look at that. Vermont is well known for their cheeses. So good mm-hmm. cheese you got there, Deb. I'm a little bit jealous now, but in a good way. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I do strive for jealousy. Thanks. I appreciate that. Mission accomplished. So what's going on with you? Is there something that's going on well in your life or is there something that's making you dwell? Let's check in with Maria. Well, I'm going to be real. I'm dwelling. I am oh. dwelling with a capital D. Mm-hmm. I just feel maybe I should get like a timer. <laughs> you know? it's like, no, talk yeah. it out. Yeah. Okay. I just feel like with COVID nineteen, it's like Pandora's pop, Pandora's box, that we can't undo everything. And I'm just, I feel like personally, I'm all right with the new reality. I'm not fighting it. I'm accepting the facts that the numbers are rising. There's mixed results with the vaccines. Some people are responding not as great as we'd hope. Just Mm -hmm. what the facts say. That's it. And I'm just taking it in. Just taking it in. I'm not feeling any extraordinary type of way about it. Mm -hmm. 
just being real with reality. But I feel like some people are not. <laughs> right. And it's like messing up my reality. I understand. I just I feel a lot of people, they just want to go back to where it is. I can't wait for it to be back. And I just like, I don't know if it will be back. And I just, I, I just feel like that's not a productive thought. Mm. And then we just have to let go of some things like traditions, like mm-hmm. family gatherings and stuff. And I just keep saying like, it's 2020, like you can, we could just FaceTime. And I know mm. some people, they feel like, bad if they just had a baby or something or if they're like just different like milestones in your life they're going to be different now and like right okay with it because what, what are we going to do we have to do what's safe and we have to just do what what is re- recommended by science exactly and if you're so thirsty for things to go back to the way that they were then it's more important now that you like confront that right now things are not there and in order to get back that normalcy you need to maintain the isolation and follow like procedures and guidelines for protecting yourself and others around you so we can go back to life the way it was maybe Maybe. I'm not sure. So I'm kind of dwelling on that. I just want other people to just release the pressure of tradition. You know, mm-hmm. just let it go. Just it is what it is. And just yeah. don't, I'm dwelling on that, to be real. I hear that. I mean, I so I had a tiny wedding. I loved it. I think it's the way you should go. Um, I did keep my plans to have the original wedding because instead of getting our money back, we just pushed it back one year. Um, if that does happen, it's going to be a less elaborate version of what I had ever imagined my wedding to be. It's going to be essentially like what you would picture a graduation party would look like. Like there will be a room, there will be tables, there will be food, there will be music, but like, right. At the same time, it's not going to be like an extravagant wedding type event of something that you would attend in 2019 or 2018. Right. Right? Yeah, that's out. For, I just think that's out. gone. It's gone. And just mm-hmm. let it be gone. Let it go with yeah. the wind. Mm-hmm. Adios. It's gone like butterfly clips. It's just, you know, some things are here for a bit and then they go away. And, and then you look back and you're like, okay, that, that was fun, but things are better now. Right. Things are better now. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess some ways, it, of course, it stinks that you know, the new normal, of course, it's terrible, mm-hmm. you know, annoying, you have to wear a mask now, of course, but that's just how it is. And we just have to accept it. We have to accept yeah. the reality. And when you don't accept the reality, I think you're just like lying to yourself. And I just can't take it. Yes, I yeah. understand. I agree. Yeah. Thank you, Deb. I'm done dwelling now. <laughs> that's fine. I like it. Well, um, I'm going to talk about what's going well. Um, and what's going well for me is this new lifestyle that I have embraced as a result of the changing of the times. Um, I am pretty much just accepting things for as they are and it's kind of working quite well for me. So if somebody wants me to do therapy, I am saying no. I'm like, these are my hours available on my computer. If that's what you want, here I am. If you don't, goodbye. And, uh, I am also, I'm home with my husband and my dogs and I am not running around trying to drive and park all over Brooklyn and Manhattan. I, I go to a clinic twice a week, so I'm not just stuck here all the time, which I, I do enjoy those days. I even enjoy like my subway trips and my walking. Um, I've been listening to other podcasts and, and audiobooks and stuff. So 
uh, there are, I mean, I understand it's a difficult time for many people, um, but there are some silver linings and it's just the ability to be choosy and slow down. I like that. I like that. That's definitely the silver lining. Great. Mm -hmm. So later in this episode, I chat with Samantha of, speaking of semantics, even her Instagram name is super cool. Um, She is a, she creates digital resources for older students. She's a TPT and Boom learning author, and she has a full Etsy store of waterproof speech stickers, which are so cute, so cool. And it just seems like her ideas are flowing, flowing, flowing. She's got so many stickers. I can't even think of one sticker. I've, Maria's been talking about making stickers. I we made have, our stickers. They came in today. <laughs> oh, good. But that's just the logo, which I did design that. I did do that. Um, but I am not a designer. You would think, because I, I like to draw, and crafting is like, when I was little, you know those craft boxes? Like those were my favorite presents for birthdays and Christmas. Like we're going to make like an artiste. You're like, look, it's my carrying case and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. I loved all that stuff. So I, I, I wish that I was better at this. We're going to talk to Samantha all about her background, how she got into design, what her process is and all of that. But um, right now I just want to talk about how like, you know, some people have it and some people don't. And I don't. I mean, we just, we have like two good t-shirts and one was like highly inspired by something else. And the other one I drew on a whim, which has been, both of them were two very successful t-shirts. I will say that. Um, but it was not like multiple ideas. Like Samantha's just got, she's, she wrote this, this, this one phonetic, oh shit symbol that's on my computer. And I was like, what does that say? It took me like a second to do the, uh, to read the phonetics of it. It's so cool. I have, I love it. It's, and it's like super pretty. You wouldn't even know that that's what it says. It's like got flowers all behind it and stuff. It's like a secret. Um, and then also I have, um, I have this one here. It's abilities over disabilities. Uh, what the fricative um, cool. speech therapist of tiny humans. I like the and colors also. It seems very colorful. We need some color in our lives. And the choice of all these different like fonts and stuff like and, and her color combinations. I don't have this. And then look at this one with all these little cute drawings. Um, Gifts. Yeah. Like the she larynx. is just. She's just on it and she's inspired and she's going for it. And I yeah. really admire people like that. So I'm so excited to listen to her interview coming up. Next. Yeah, it's good stuff. So you tell me about what's your crafting life like? What's What happens with you? Do you design things? I can't what do you- say I, I design things. <laughs> I tried to design shirts and there was like no shirts left. Every website was right. telling me they were out of shirts. I It's still on my to-do list that's in my phone of things that I want to do. So if any of the listeners have ideas for shirts, please reach out to us. I'm open to ideas. Just nothing has really sparked my interest as wildly as Samantha's. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, she's great. I really enjoy the, her, her designs and the beautiful colors. So maybe I'll get some inspiration from uh, this interview though. If not, we can commission her. She can make us a design us a shirt. We could, definitely look into that. I would be willing to do that. Mm -hmm. 
in terms of arts and crafts with working with the kids, I like to use toilet paper rolls because I like to use what you have. Toilet paper mm-hmm. roll crafts, Google them, look up what they did with their different designs. I made some bats with my students. Mm-hmm. And I just have sometimes there's the ones that are like pre-made. You could do that or we could just make our own with construction paper. And mm-hmm. I don't, I found what helps me is if I, if I made it already and then I could show it to them like, oh, do you want to make this today? And 99.9% of my kids say yes. And I, and I don't get too crazy with the arts and crafts. Like, no, no, don't glue it. Like, I'm like, let, let them glue it like that, you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the eyes are lopsided. That's okay. It's art. You know, I just keep telling myself it's art and mm-hmm. it's a form of expression. So who are we to inhibit that? So I think- right it's in a way relieves a lot of pressure on you to just let the kid glue the eyes where they want them to be. Oh, yeah. okay. Your eyes are lopsided. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Eyes can be up for interpretation. Exactly. And on that note, stay tuned after this commercial break and hear more about design from Samantha of speaking of semantics. This episode is brought to you by smart charts. Hey, SLPs, are you sick of rewriting goals, trying to meet unrealistic time expectations and navigating new therapeutic territories? SmartCharts is here to help. We have taken the guesswork and time out of goal writing and documentation. With SmartCharts, you can create personalized intervention plans, IEPs, and POCs with our easy-to-use goal writing tool. Track and save session notes and data instantly for all documentation needs. Yep, for your school, health settings, and even to share with patients of all ages through graphs and fun pictures for the littles. We want to make 2020 a little bit better for you essential workers, and we are offering all Wine & Cheese listeners 30 days free and 50% off all new memberships forever. Yes, forever. Just use coupon code WINECHEESE2020. Be sure to check out mysmartcharts.com to get charting faster, better, and smarter. And now back to the show. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and today I'd like to welcome our guest, Samantha, from Speaking of Semantics. Hi, Samantha. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. I'm very excited to be here. Wonderful. Well, Samantha is a fellow SLP. She creates digital resources for older students. Samantha is also a TPT and Boom learning author. She has an Etsy store filled with beautiful waterproof stickers that are all over my computer screen right now. Um, You can see all of this and more on her Instagram at speaking of semantics with an A for Samantha. Uh, Congratulations, Samantha. You've done a lot of great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It yeah, your products are amazing. Thank you. They're also all over my computer. <laughs> Good. And every water bottle and Yeti that I own. <laughs> I didn't get there yet, but I'm gonna. I have one, I have two Yetis that are completely empty. And I think because I have four stickers left on my desk and I was going to give them to my CFs, but I don't see them. So they're out. Maybe I can mail them if I wanted, but yeah, I only see them digitally. 2020 for you, right? I know. Um, I'm so excited to talk more about everything that you do, but first let's get into what we are drinking and snacking on. Today I have, I left the bottle in the other room, but I'm just drinking a little bit of Prosecco that I had left over. And uh, I I like the little sparkly to it. Um, Maria does not like 
carbonated wine usually. She always says it, it like gives her too many bubbles in her nose or something. <laughs> I don't know what. Um, but yeah, I'm really into it. I like Prosecco and uh, I don't have any cheese today. But what do you have? So um, I just moved to a new apartment. So my grad school friends actually came over a weekend ago, I think. Nice. They brought me a bottle of Spanish sparkling wine. I have no idea what it is. Took me forever to open it. (laughs) Uh, But it is bubbly. And I'm eating Munster cheese. Did you put the cork back in it? I did. I don't know why. How'd you get it in there? I just snuck it back in. You know what's so funny? I'm like not good at drinking these fancy drinks. I'm like that one girl that always going for her twisted teas. Uh, yeah. I mean, that goes down pretty easy. Like the kind in the bottle or the kind you order from a bar? Either one. Mm-hmm. That's your go-to drink? Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It's like, it's vodka is the base of that, right? I think so. Yeah. And then you- I love tea, so it's the best kind of drink for me. Not bad. I mean, we do accept other beverages on the show, so if you wanted to bring twisted tea next time, that's totally cool. You got it. I also have a water bottle here. I'm going to take a sip because I feel dehydrated. Soon to be decorated by speaking of semantic stickers. Absolutely. That's right. So so tell us about your background. Where did you go to school? How long have you been in SLP? What's your main area of focus? All that great stuff. So for... I've been studying speech pathology since undergrad. I kind of knew what I wanted since freshman year of undergrad. I went to Brooklyn College. Um, nice. My major was communication and science disorders. And then for graduate school, I went upstate to New York Medical College in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined up there. It's a medically based um, SLP program. So we were in a lot of hospitals, even though it was upstate, we were going back and forth to Brooklyn Methodist um, in Brooklyn. And we were in Westchester Medical, a lot of hospitals. Um, and then I did my CF in a high school in Roosevelt Island. Oh, wow. I've never been there. It, I've never been there. The first time I was there was on my interview. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's nothing there. If you're not there for a specific reason, although there are nice views of both Queens and Manhattan. Right. Only a couple of places to eat. And uh-huh. one supermarket and then... Cornell, I think, is on the other side of the island, so that campus takes up a really big. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do they call it? The the bridge and everything. The scenery is nice, but yeah, going there every day was a bit of a, a commute. Yeah, I can imagine. But it was cut short by coronavirus, so I was doing teletherapy after March. So I oh, okay. From March to August, it was a high school. Um, I loved the kids, but teletherapy with those kids was just not working for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working through an agency and I just needed something different. Yeah. So now I'm working, um, at an outpatient rehab for adults, completely different. I'm still getting used to it. Um, but more like what your college was, your grad school education was based on. Exactly. Um, So I do have a love for the medical side of speech pathology, but both my school externships in grad school were in a high school. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like I have a love for both and I can't find a middle ground. Right. The medical part in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to try both. I feel, figure, 
I'm young, I have the ability to, you know, do different jobs, you know, one year here, one year here, and then settle down and find something that, you know, is worthwhile staying there for a long time. Yeah, that's great. In the middle of this, I came up with these stickers and that's taken over my life. Right. How? Okay. So that's what I need to know. Like I, I draw all the time. All I do is draw speech therapy materials, but I am not inspired to draw like design things. And I, I've tried, I've like thought, you know, like stickers would be good for the podcast. I've, I've got like, I've made two successful t-shirts that I feel like they sold well. One is very closely just like straight out of Compton, but speech language pathology. So I can't even take credit for that design. The other one is just like lips that I drew that say speech pathology in them. So that I did do, but like not very far-fetched. How did you, like, do you draw these? Do you have a design background? Tell me everything. Okay. I have no design background. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> You're like just a genius. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> Quarantine hit and mm-hmm. because I was a CF, my job wasn't letting me work with the students through teletherapy in the first two months. Oh. So I had absolutely nothing to do. Mm-hmm. In quarantine, I wasn't able to work. And I was just like, I need to find a hobby. I need to somehow make money. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy a Cricut. Everyone has one of those. I'm just going to start designing things. Right. It started off where I was like, okay, I'm going to start making t-shirts. And then for some odd reason, I was like, I'm just going to order sticker paper. And my family laughed. They still laugh to this day that I've like gotten like, quote unquote, famous not actually yeah no you're you're into the famous I'd say gotten so popular over stickers um Mm -hmm. so I created a sticker pack it's actually still on my Etsy it's like an SLP to be and an SLP sticker pack both have five stickers Mm -hmm. Um, and I I created an a speech Instagram originally this wasn't called speaking of semantics Mm -hmm. originally it was called Sam Sam speechy glam and I'm so happy I changed it (laughs) well speaking of semantics is also genius like where how did you think of that um so I had to get rid of the Sam Sam speechy Mm -hmm. glam I was like it's exhausting to say it and it just doesn't make any sense with what I'm doing um so I actually just googled speech related words and then semantics came up, and I was like, oh, my goodness, semantics. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just kind of how it fell together. I was just sitting in my room by myself, um, and I just, like, ran to my parents. I was like, I got it. I got a name. I got it. Speaking of semantics, <laughs> they were like, that is great. Yeah. Um, so did they um, know what the word semantics meant? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did. I don't uh, know if my – But then I had um, a little bit of a problem because I was like, do I spell it with an A? Right. Um, because then if people just Google me, they're going to spell it with an E. And are they going to be able to find me? And I had that whole issue. And I was just like, I'm just going to spell it with an A. It's original. It makes sense with my name. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, let's see. What else? And then, so, so you, do you draw all of these? Like, did you draw this larynx and this potato head and this brain? Because yeah, they so all I, look like the same artist. So. I kind of... um split my iPad screen in two. Mm-hmm. I kind of use a picture from Google, Google, sorry, mm-hmm. Google, Google as reference um, to draw these things. 
and most of the time I come up with these sticker ideas while I'm driving. Wow. It'll just dawn on me. I'll just start thinking of speech things and I will be like, okay, this sounds like a good sticker. But in the beginning I was like, who the heck wants stickers? No one's going to buy my stuff. I feel like, um, I was like, like no one wants this. And that's why I started also a TBT page. Cause I was like, these stickers are going to go nowhere. Right. So now I have TBT on the back burner because I am filling sticker orders forever. So yeah, I feel like your stickers are, they're aesthetically pleasing. Like they look really great. Um, but then also like, like you sent me this, oh shit one. And it took me a second to be like, what does that say? <laughs> and like, even, but now it's just like, it's fun. It's like a little secret, but it's got like all flowers on it. So it looks like it's something pleasant. Um, it was really great. This great idea is just, uh, you, I can't believe you have no design background. Like you didn't do any art in school or anything. Never. Wow. Look at you. Actually, um, in high school, I was a instrument player. Oh, nice. What did you play? I played clarinet, bass clarinet, soprano sax, and alto sax. Oh, wow. So a lot. Well done. (laughs) My school was only, um, only uh, the arts. They had no sports. So I kind of was like, had to do it. Right. Made sense. Yeah. Because you went to school in Brooklyn? Yeah, Morrill. Yes. So there's always, uh, like, majors in New York. I don't know why that's such a thing. I've lived in a bunch of different states, and New York is the only one that, like, it's it's like, this is the high school for math and science, and this is the high school for engineering. (laughs) Like, there's majors in high school already. Um, So what was your like mission or goal with the stickers just a hobby or like a means like a financial relief during the pandemic a little bit of both um i think at in the beginning it was more of a hobby because i really had nothing to do i wasn't working i couldn't work because i was a cf and no one was really hiring cfs at that point everything was kind of at a standstill Mm -hmm. Um, so i had an ipad an apple pencil i would just watch Hamilton over and over and over. <laughs> nice. so just draw. Um, I kind of still don't know how it got this big. Well, it's very, it makes sense to me because they look so fantastic. So mm-hmm. obvious. Yes. Um, so first, sorry. Um, no, you go ahead. And then um, the stickers, uh, the sticker sales started to die down for a little while and I was like okay well I guess this is like fun for a couple of months and then um I was like wait I can sell apparel right yeah I started to do like the sweatshirts and the shirts um but now having like a full-time job it's a lot to keep track of right I was I stopped working my old job in August and didn't start this new job till October so I was kind of doing speaking of semantic stuff all day every day. Mm-hmm. So I was able to control everything. I was able um, to have an eye on everything. You know, when I was getting 25 orders a week, it was okay because I was able to keep up with it. But then when orders started flowing in, my family is like, let me help you. But I kind of had that control part of it where I was like, I need to touch and I need to be in control of, and I need to see every single order that goes out to make sure it's correct. Right. Yeah. And now wow. I don't have time to do that. So I kind of need the help um which is good that I have my family to back me up with that that's great do you do you see yourself going a little bit more full-time in this uh design apparel area 
I would love to. If I could, speaking in semantics would be my full-time job and mm -hmm. speech therapy, I would just do, um, you know, a couple of days a week because I've really found a love in creating stickers. I feel like I'm able to express myself, express thoughts, you know, seeing other people post the stickers, where they put them, you know, showing yeah. them. Yeah. me so happy because I'm like, I created that and people are actually loving it. Exactly. And they really are great. How many stickers do you have? How, how many different designs do you have currently? 62. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, so do you sell them all individually or a la carte? Like how does it work? Um, so I actually, I have some on stock. I actually like have a wall in my apartment full of like drawers for stickers. Oh. Um, some of them I've had to order in bulk because I just can't keep up. Mm -hmm. and the machine is like, please leave me alone. Right. Yeah. Um, so some of them I've had to order in bulk. The best sellers, like the teletherapy survivor, the the essentials heart, um, the SLP sunflower, some of those I've had to order in bulk. But most of them, um, if I get an order and I don't have it on me, I'll just make the sticker. I'll make a whole sheet of them and I'll have them saved. And so I'm always actually just making stickers. So you order them and, and print them at home. So that's yeah. good. Um, I think the beauty of having a, a business like this is that how like you're never going to run out of ideas. And uh, often people will, and I appreciate it, but on Instagram, they will like rat out people who are copying my coloring pages and like trying to sell them. And I do appreciate that because it's like, you know, just draw something a little different. Like you don't have to like make it exactly like you're making it the same colors that I did it like you didn't have to copy that much but from my perspective it's just like I mean I drew that book five years ago and I've had more ideas and I'll continue to have ideas so I don't fear people like stealing my ideas and I don't fear like somebody um taking business away from me um because I feel confident in the fact that like I can just continue to create. So I have no, like, it's no question to me that you're just going to like continue to flourish and get bigger and bigger. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Um, yeah. I've gotten questions like, are you going to copyright your pictures and your stickers? And I'm just, that's so much work. It's a lot. I yeah. tried and I don't even think that they ever, I had like two emails and then I don't never heard from them again. So. Exactly. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot yeah. of you know, energy to keep track of, oh, this looks similar to mine and this looks similar to mine. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm just like, all right, well, things are going to be similar. We're all basically talking about the same thing. So right. Exactly. I'm sure a thousand things say every, everyone deserves a voice in a thousand right. different ways. Um, but you know, people like to create. So that's why I kind of just same thing you do. I'm just like not worrying about it. Others, there's other speech therapists that sell stickers and I root them on. I'm like, you know, right. competition here. If you make something similar, that's totally fine. I'm not taking business away from you. You're not taking business away from me. We're kind of doing this together. And oftentimes um, I'm like, let's collaborate on something. Let's do something together to show that we're not competing against each other. You know, we're kind of in this together. I had an idea with another SLP sticker creator um, to create a sticker together where we were raising money for some sort of organization like the Smile Train or things like that because we both have a good following. Let's mm -hmm. use it to, you know, make a difference somehow. Yeah, that's a great idea. So 
how do you feel that um, having a side hustle hobby has impacted your career as an SLP? Um, when I didn't have a job, it was great because it gave me mm -hmm. something to do. It was something I love to do. Um, at some point, my boyfriend's like, so are you going to look up from your iPad and talk to me or are you just going to draw stickers all day? Right. Um, now that I have a job, a full time job, I found that it's a lot harder. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the stress of a new job, you're learning new things. It's in um, a setting that I've never been in. You know, I'm straight out of yeah. school, kind of, sort of. So I'm like learning a whole bunch of things. I want to take CEU classes to better myself for my patients, for myself. Um, and I want the weekends to relax. But then I'm like, I have a lot of sticker orders to, mm -hmm. to, um, to fill. And I've thought about it. I'm like, okay, I can always have them bulk ordered and you know sent to me and make it easier for me but I love doing it like it, right I like doing it I don't want to take that away from myself so it's kind of just scheduling finding time to create it you know I don't have this many patients this day so I can come home and fill sticker orders um sometimes I pick a day of the week to fill them sometimes I'm filling a couple every day honestly I have no plan and I kind of just go with just whatever, wherever the wind takes me is where I go with it. Yeah. You sound a lot like me. I was, I, I didn't really have much of a like schedule. If I was inspired to draw something I did, I didn't, I didn't make things so that I could sell them. I just used them. And then people asked me if they could buy them. And, and then I was like, fine. And then sometimes people are like, um, can you make like a table of contents for this book? And I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> No, like a hard no. <laughs> I am not doing that. Like if you want the pictures, you're welcome to them. Um, but no, I'm not going back to like make something more desirable to be sold because I just, you know, it, it was also something I did like a long time ago. Um, I don't want to like backtrack and go do something over again. Um, but I always felt that like, I mean, being a speech pathologist is a highly busy and stressful job. You're isolated a lot. And I just felt like having the Instagram and having the coloring books really kept me going because it, it provided to me a sense of community. It like relieved the like sting of loneliness that I felt um, being so like independent within the work field. And it like motivated me to do well and know what I'm talking about because I didn't want to be that person who was just on Instagram and people were like, oh, like she's good on Instagram, but like she didn't help my kid or something like that or she was awful or distracted. Um, my husband keeps calling me. <laughs> um, Don't you like that, the way that sounds? <laughs> I know. I like to say husband now. It's nice. I hated fiance and then I just felt too old to have a boyfriend. So husband is good. I'm into it. <laughs> but he, my phone did die when I was talking to him. So he probably thinks like I'm dead. And then I just hung up on him twice while we've been talking. So he's probably like, Oh no. <laughs> Where the heck is she? Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. He'll be all right. I will, I will get to him soon. Um, so where was I? Okay. So, uh, yeah. So like I was saying, um, I didn't feel like it really took away from my ability to provide speech therapy. If anything, it kind of amplified it because it made me want to be better. And then I had to like 
take CEUs so that I could know what type of materials would be helpful to people and not be like a fraud, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I also sell, um, on TPT and boom. And the only reason I started doing that is because I, when I was in my CF working with the high school students, a lot of them were really high in, you know, high functioning. Yeah. Most of them kind of just fell through the cracks as far as like figurative Mm -hmm. language and, you know, some social skills. So it wasn't like I was working on, you know, very, very hard goals for them to reach. Right. You know, I just felt like there is some stuff out there. Do I want to spend all this money on teachers pay teacher stuff? And I was like, I'm just going to create stuff myself. I have the time. Um, But then once coronavirus hit, I, in addition to, you know, teaching them and helping them meet their goals, I was relying on them to show up to the Zoom call in order to Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard with high school because, like, within the high school setting, the kids are, like, kind of bored. So they're just, like, always popping in to your room, like, oh, hey, Miss Brooks. And I'm, like, go to class. Like, don't, like, don't come in here right now. But then if you really had them do something they didn't want to do, they'd be, like, well, I'm not even getting a grade for this. So that would be always exactly. to go to. So I always ended up working on like their English comp stuff. And then if I created materials, I always used poetry because it seemed as though the high school I worked at at least was so centered on rhetorical devices and like figurative language. So everything I did was like poetry and then identifying and interpreting figurative language within the text and then like recalling and reciting poems for like working memory and then fluency and some clarity of speech because I had a couple um kids that needed to work on that but like I meant like you like they're in general education and I was just kind of like supplementing the curriculum so that they could be in the least restrictive environment but for the most part they were still functioning at like a c or d level in gen ed right same. And then when coronavirus hit and I was kind of forced to, you know, not forced, I had to do speech therapy with them through um, teletherapy. It kind of was just like, okay, I need them to show up in order to get paid because I'm fee for service. Mm-hmm. They're older students, so they don't necessarily need their parents to be in the call or anywhere near the call or even home. Right. They probably aren't. They don't need that supervision. They can easily answer on their phone. And then about week two, the whole thing of like not turning their camera on. So who the heck knows what they're doing? You know, I'm asking them questions and I just hear silence. So I got to the point where I needed to find material that kept them engaged and kept them wanting to come back next time. Because like you said, they really have no quote unquote like punishment for not showing up to speech. They have no sort of, you know, there's no grade. So I needed them to want to come to speech. Yeah. So I used coronavirus and the whole quarantine as a chance to become an outlet for them. Like, hey, how are you feeling? Yeah. What are you feeling? Are you okay? Let's play a game. Um, and actually, I can share a list of websites that I found. Oh, yeah. Are free that I've been, that I used with my students. Um, just to quickly run them over. Jeopardy Labs. Oh, um, so that is a website that people create Jeopardy games and you can create your own. So you can type in any topic, hurricanes, weather, figurative language, movies. Um, 
So I kind of use that with my students who are working on WH questions, you know, mm -hmm. abstract thinking. Um, that's free. So it's called jeopardylabs.com. Um, the Moth is a, I'm losing my thought. Um, the Moth? Oh, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I know I've heard of that. Yeah, so I so I would skim through the ones that I was able to listen to with the kids because they were appropriate, mm -hmm. um, and I worked on a lot of things with them with that. You know, stories that were funny, stories that didn't make sense, trying to get them thinking. Um, quiz is it's spelled Q U I Z I Z Z. It's kind of like a different Kahoot kind of that. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Quiz type thing. Um, and then my favorite is bamboozle and the bam has two A's. So it's B-A-A-M-B-O-O-Z-L-E. It's kind of like a kahoot. It's like a question game, but there's power-ups. Oh. So sometimes the student would like click on a question and be like a power-up. Like if you answer this question in five seconds, you'll get an extra couple of points. Ah, uh, okay. I would like work on figurative language with them, but they think that they're playing a game and they, then if they're competing against me, it becomes this big thing where like, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to do really well. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's very motivating. And then also you're still a learning experience. So Exactly. And, and it's not like a heavy cognitive load. So it's not like they're logging in to just be like probed all the time. Like, what is a simile? What is a metaphor? <laughs> right. That's great. I love that. Um, so, so do you still d make up um, your own materials on teacher, teachers pay teachers or you're just mostly stickers right now and apparel? I, I just put up one boom card deck for Halloween. Mm -hmm. kind of like a game based. I'm very game based when it comes to high schoolers because I feel like that's how they learn. You know, I try to be that fun SLP. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a it's a game Halloween. You know, what would you uh, would you rather um, this or that? Picking that. Oh, nice. Um, but honestly, like I don't even have time to sit down and eat dinner sometimes. Right. So once I settle down in my new job and once I you know learn their new system, learn what I'm actually doing and treating. Um, and I have the time, I would love to create more because I like creating things for older students, for right. students that, you know, need that engagement, need those games or, you know, need those different um, ways of going about teaching certain things. And, you know, it's auditory, it's visual, it's, you know, all of motivating. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to go back to it. There's just not enough hours in the day I know there isn't so on that note are do you have any tips or tricks for our listeners um maybe a strategy that they can use in therapy or in life I know right now you're searching for the seconds and minutes and hours in the day but um yeah what's working for you right now um so for my adults I kind of just do things that are functional I think overall in general I just try to be very functional. I feel like sometimes school, especially with the high schoolers, they're learning to take a test at the end of the year. They're learning yeah. to do that regents. And mm -hmm. I mean, like, even when I went to high school, I don't remember what was on the earth science region. <laughs> I took it years ago. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I was taught stuff from earth science for a year and I can't even think of, you know, some of those things. Yeah. Um, so I think kind of just teaching them functional skills that sometimes other people look over. You know, sometimes a lot of times, sometimes a lot of the times, mm -hmm. a lot of the times these um, students that I had, you know, parents aren't home, they're working a lot. 
um, you know, some, they don't get that one-on-one -on -one time with people. So I kind of try to give them those functional skills to go about their everyday life, you know, with, even with figurative language, mm -hmm. although that sometimes that is a goal for them. Um, they hear it in movies, they hear it in songs. Right. Know? Yeah. So kind of bring it to that everyday life where they're hearing it and be like, well, this is what this means. I know you sing it. I know you see it. I know you hear it, but this is what it actually means. Right. So kind of bring it back to like functional everyday life for them. Mm hmm. Yeah. And for high school, my tip or trick that I'll just add, I'll build on to you. Um, I liked to work on like email etiquette. I liked to work on resume uh, building and construction. Like I mentioned, I always helped them with their essays that they had due for their English comp classes. Um, and those are just things that, like you mentioned, it's, it's functional to their, their life, but then also it's like they needed to get a good grade on the region and also like in this course and the region has a lot of writing components and basically all those essays that they have to write all year, are just like preparation for whatever writing sample they're going to have on that exam. So, um, it's just with that, I liked working with that population because I also felt like, oh, it's like we're working on stuff that's like hard enough for me too, yeah. you know, like we're like, I'm dissecting this poem too, or, you know, I'm remembering Hamlet, you know, it's not like you don't just like turn 30 and like think you're, you know, automatically, you know, Shakespeare, like you don't, like it's still exactly. hard for you too. Like, so it's, it's like you get to learn again. Exactly. Like you do these fun puzzles with them. And I'm like, I don't even know the answer to this. Let's look it up together. And it kind right. of, then you, then you're working on, you know, researching things on the computer, how to yeah. research. Yeah. So it's fun for everyone. It is. Um, so we always ask our guests to end the interviews with an inspirational quote or mantra. Do you have anything that inspires you that you can share with the audience? Sure. So I have one. Um, I kind of need to take my own advice, but I try to remind mm -hmm. myself of this all the time. Mm -hmm. That a little progress each day adds up. I am a person who feels like I need to get everything done now and tomorrow. If I don't do it by tomorrow, it's not going to be there and I'm going to be in trouble. Right. Um, but, you know, now that I don't have the time, you know, I kind of like, all right, well, if I do a little now and a little tomorrow, it'll get done. Right. So as long as you do something that makes you feel like you um, achieved something, you had a good day. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Just do a little something so that you don't really, you know, feel bad for a good reason, you know. Exactly. You have to have it. I always tell people like you need to have integrity still. Like you need to be sure that like you are on top of things. That doesn't mean anything has to be perfect. That doesn't mean everything has to be on time, but you just need to be having integrity, just, you know, getting at least some done so that when someone's like, Hey, where's that note? You're like, um, right here. <laughs> you can just I worked right on it last night a little. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to type it really fast because you know what? I, I work well under pressure. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, that's, I think that's perfect advice and everyone should, you know, give themselves some grace and, and uh, be happy with a, a little bit of progress. Yeah. Especially now because everyone's just sitting at home and I feel like being home or Oh, especially me I'm like all right I'm home I need to do everything now because I am home and I I have my computer sitting right here yeah so just 
everything is accessible all the time now doesn't mean that you necessarily can't relax. Right. Relaxation is important too, because if you don't, then you're going to be mush and grumpy. So that's not going to work. So tell everyone where they can find you. Just plug everything that you have here. Like find like what's your social media, website, teachers pay teachers. So everything you can, you can find me at speaking of semantics for Instagram, speaking of semantics for teachers pay teacher and speaking of semantics for boom learning. Um, don't forget that it's semantics, not semantics. Um, and yeah, if anyone needs any advice for older students, you can always reach out to me. I have not, um, worked with them for like two months but I'm still there for a long time and I Mm -hmm. have a whole bunch of these websites and free resources that I can send you the link to um and if you are listening you get a discount code for semantics um so when you buy something on Etsy just type in SLPWAC for 20% off your next purchase. Ooh, okay. Thank you. I just wrote that down. All of that stuff that um, Samantha just mentioned will be in the show notes. Um, So if you are driving, don't worry about writing anything down. I will ask her for that list of websites and all of those details. So rest assured. And uh, thank you so much for doing this episode, Samantha. Thank you for having me. I had lots of fun. Yes, me too. Hey, SLPs, Wine and Cheese listeners. If you love our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps our podcast and helps us to stay on the airwaves. Also, be sure to check us out on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash SLPs, Wine and Cheese. On Patreon, you could pledge to be a patron and you will have access to video content, exclusive interviews with Deb and some famous comedians, and even bonus episodes. So please be sure to check us out on patreon.com. Thank you so very much for your support. We really appreciate it. Cheers.